Welcome to Bread and Poppies, a show about why drugs are good, capitalism is bad, and what to do about it. Hello friends, it's me, Hilary Agro, anthropologist and PhD student studying entanglements of drug use under capitalism. Today's a really chill episode, it's just me and a pal, Lily SD, who is Lil the Trill on Twitter, talking about how ADHD is a superpower and why giving drugs to your friends is both harm reduction and mutual aid. I'll keep the preamble short today and just share a quick story from the Toronto Psychedelic Community Picnic that I went to on the weekend. So it was my second pre-fieldwork outing for my research. I'm just sort of starting my fieldwork here in Toronto and, and getting my footing, and it was really fun. I met some very cool people, and all of the people that I talked to were anti-capitalists. So that was pretty cool, and it was a different vibe from some other psychedelic-oriented spaces. But one thing I noted, the main organizer of the Toronto Psychedelic Community spoke for a bit, and he actually made reference to the fact that profiteering is a contentious issue at the moment, as it should be. It should always be contentious as long as it exists. He said, paraphrased, I know there's a lot of discussion around whether or what kind of role for-profit organizations should have in the psychedelic movement, but I think we can all agree that nonprofits should take the most central role. And he said this to applause, so that was interesting and really great to hear. But I think that there's a lot more that needs to be done to get people to understand that there is no role for profiteering in the world of drugs. And just because we like psychedelics doesn't mean that they're not still drugs. People should be able to make a living providing psychedelics and guidance to others, of course, because people who do this work need to live, just like anybody else. But that can only work in an environment where finances are completely transparent, salaries are capped, and all profits are reinvested into the community into anti-prohibition campaigns, into educational resources, into reparations for those who've been harmed in the world of psychedelic therapy, including in the MAPS clinical MDMA trials. Listen to the podcast cover story, Power Trip, to go down that rabbit hole. There is absolutely no reason people should be getting rich off of psychedelics. The profit motive and drugs are like GHB and alcohol. They should not be mixed. All right, so obviously that's a topic that I could go off about for the next hour, so I'm just gonna leave it there. Enjoy this interview of me and Lily applying a critical anti-capitalist lens to a variety of topics around drugs and neurodivergence. By the way, this interview was recorded back in December, so apologies if any of the info is out of date, but it's mostly broader political analysis, so it should all be relevant. As always, thanks for listening and sharing and boosting and all that good stuff. I hope you're well, stay safe, stay strong, stay mad, and get organized. As always, thanks for listening and sharing and boosting and all that helpful stuff. Stay safe, stay strong and clear-headed. Keep up the fight and take care of your wonderful self. Hi, Lily. Thank you for joining me here on Bread and Poppies. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so um, this is Lily SD. Um, she is, uh, you know, like myself, just a loudmouth leftist on Twitter. <laughs> uh, but that's kind of how we met. And um, yeah, because the I'm just starting the podcast back up, I thought it would be fun to just kind of like shoot the shit a little bit. Um, and uh, yeah, talk about our, our mutual interests in, uh, you know, uh, ADHD, drug policy. And um, one thing that we had talked about on Twitter a while ago. Uh, was that, I mean, we, we can't do it today. Maybe we can save it for the future. We can organize a little more, but um, doing like a, a, a seance to, to wish ill <laughs> upon the war criminals and ghouls that need to, that need to 
shuffle off this mortal coil ASAP. <laughs> I need to do it. I, just, I mean, it gets my account suspended every time, but it needs to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's honestly, I mean, I have full respect for, um, religious belief and I'm not like one of those like atheists that's a total asshole about it but it does to me personally I find it difficult to believe in God uh when Henry Kissinger is still alive <laughs> it's twisted like I don't know it makes me feel crazy the God the universe whatever you want it like good vibes whatever it is that you believe in it doesn't make sense unless he's just summoning all the evil in the world and <laughs> sucking it out of hell I mean, he, the, the odds of him doing that are, are very likely, but, uh, yeah, it's, there's no justice in this world while, while this man is still alive. Um, and you know, this is all, this is all parody and jokes, but like, you know, it's, uh, totally, it's not, I totally it's wish not that okay. old creepy man to live a long, healthy life. Absolutely. It's a just haha joke. <laughs> Um, anyways, so, uh, yeah. So why don't we start with, um, cause, cause yeah, we, we've talked about this before, uh, the fact that, you know, you and I both, um, have ADHD. Do you have access to like a safe supply? Yeah. So I'm very lucky now. I actually, when I was younger, I worked in a bank for a long time, which is super embarrassing, but I was, you know, broke and someone was like, oh, you know, if you work in a bank, you get great benefits. And that was literally my main prerogative because I had like $400 worth of pills a month and I worked there for years just to have those benefits. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not great. Um, but once you like realize that your sad little communist heart will die. So I left and I had a couple years where I didn't have it and I just legitimately couldn't afford them so um i did weird stuff like i uh i would not pay some bills i had a pharmacist that i was dating like a lot of weird things in those couple oh, wow. years i didn't have. yeah i just it, it, whatever i took a bunch of like caffeine pills um, yeah that's a common a common thing that people go to caffeine's too strong for me like but yeah <laughs> It's, uh, Honestly, I still take them now, like with the stuff that I take, but um, it is one of those strange things. And I don't know if it's like, I honestly haven't looked enough into it to understand what the basis is on this particular type of drug, but it seems strange that there aren't generic versions, that there aren't more accessible versions, there aren't versions that aren't like so oddly stigmatized and you have to like, beyond just getting the medication because it's expensive like thankfully i have a union which is awesome and my insurance is great so i have it all covered now but some people can't even just get the supply because they can't get a prescription yeah. like it was years before i could get one um and it sounds really silly but like you know this as a girl especially if you're young when mm -hmm. i was young every doctor thought that i was like trying to lose weight or something i don't know oh yeah big time but until i was 25 i couldn't get it and um it like changed my life. Absolutely changed my life. 100%. Yeah. It would have been cool if I was in university and actually had been properly medicated. Yeah. I mean, I, I got lucky. I, yeah, I was an undergrad at the university of Victoria and got access to it just because I was like going to fail out of school. Otherwise, if I hadn't, mm. you know, had gotten some help, but I think I, I realized in hindsight how lucky I was to be at a school that had actually pretty, pretty robust mental health supports because the mm -hmm. universities that I've been to since did not have that kind of, uh, support, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm realizing also that I was lucky to have gotten it at a point in time where um, it was a little bit before this like massive mental health crisis that we're seeing now, and also more people learning about ADHD. Um, and I think there's there's an increase in uh, demand for 
um, you know, and uh, not that uh, this is illegitimate, like there's just a, 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 an increase in demand for, for treatment and access because more people are, are realizing that this is something that they have and that they need help for. Um, and so doctors are potentially getting a little bit, um, you know, more, more skeptical and, and strict with this kind of thing. And the mm -hmm. stories that you hear about people who are denied access, yeah, based on, you know, there's obviously like it's, it's raced and classed and gendered. Um, I do remember a psychiatrist like asking me a weird question about like, so have you been, have you been eating? Like, have you been losing mm -hmm. weight or like something? And I was just like, why, like, why is this relevant? Cause I just didn't really know anything about it back then. I was diagnosed when I was 21. So, oh, wow. but um, yeah, it's uh, I, I don't know what I would do without it. And this is why, you know, it's a common thing that we talk about when people love to, um, you know, shit talk like meth users or whatever, but a large percent of a percentage of people who use street amphetamines or meth are people who have untreated ADHD and they just, people are going to self-medicate like, regardless of whether or not they have a safe supply right and it's like we're going to use whatever we can get access to um windsor's like a big factory town so there's just a it's a, a common thing a lot of people work in factories we have like 24 7 operating factories and there are a ton of people who are just like regular joe schmo 45 year old white dudes who have to use meth to get through their shift at night because working in a factory is hard and you're doing the same repetitive behavior and if you are not paying attention for five seconds you could I don't know, destroy like a van or something, whatever it is. Yeah. I don't have the attention span to work in a factory, but it's it's important stuff that's going on in there. You need to be able to pay attention. And it's really common. And sure, I mean, I, I don't care what you use to help you with what you want to do, but it's just silly that we have medication that you can easily get at a pharmacy that can do the same thing if that's what you're looking for. And so many people can't get it. A lot of it too is like the stigma. It's very... I think we're in a little bit of a Twitter bubble where we're just in a nice community where um, everyone's really accepting. But outside mm -hmm. of Twitter, like people are really strange about ADHD. They're really strange about being medicated. Um, yeah. And people are kind of like ashamed of it, especially especially people who are not, quote unquote, young. They um, feel yes, like it's a big time. kind of failure. And it is strange right now to like the place that we are in our society slash economy like capitalism is going to make people have a lot of behaviors that are similar to adhd so i can understand where people are always like yeah yeah totally i have adhd no it's it's very specific but i can understand being burnt out and having to run a million things and being expected to mm -hmm. be three workers and one person for sure but in the same vein like do you need a diagnosis to be prescribed that i don't think so i don't care like i i'm happy i was diagnosed because i did um like different types of therapy, like have my little workbooks and all that stuff. But if you can take five ants and you don't have ADHD, but it just like helps you. I have multiple people in my life who um, ask me to quote unquote borrow pills. And mm -hmm. sometimes I won't oh, take them. Oh, it's rampant in universities. Undergrads are, yeah. Yeah, it, especially like if, when I was in school, people always joked out like, oh yeah, see if you can get Adderall. And I never did just because, of course, I believed like the stigma that people acted like I was just going to be some kind of addict. But like mm -hmm. I have adult friends who are in their 30s and 40s who ask me and like I'll give them to people. I was in Toronto this weekend and I had extra medication um, just because sometimes I forget to take it um, the other day because I have ADHD. I was cooking and I burnt a bunch of my pill bottles. So I got I all my, yeah, I just, it's just really silly. I wasn't paying attention. I burnt all my pill bottles. Luckily I didn't burn my Vyvanse, but my doctor gave me 
a new prescription for everything. So I had like 10 extra Vyvanse. Mm-hmm. And I have two friends that really want it, but they can't get a prescription. So when I was there, I was like, okay, you guys can have five each. My worry, of course, the same worry we all have when you're giving anything to someone is that like, you know, you're going to give them something that's bad for them or whatever. But my friends don't have any kind of complications with the medication they're already taking. So if you want it, okay, fine. Um, not a lot like five variants is gonna, not going to get you that far. But I have a friend in Toronto who's like very thin and she's like 30 year old woman and she just cannot for the life of her get a prescription. And she 100% has ADHD. Like I've taken her through my workbooks. I've done everything. She's mm-hmm. done every like diagnosis. She's also seen- like when you have ADHD, I don't know about you, but like I have like neurodivergent radar. I can, mm. I can tell within like 20 minutes of meeting somebody whether or not they have ADHD or autism. Like it's just because you're attracted to them. Like all, this is the other thing you mentioned <laughs> about like being in a Twitter bubble. I, I definitely overestimate the amount of people who have ADHD and autism in the general population because increasingly they're the only type of people I surround myself with because they're the only type of people I feel comfortable with. And Absolutely. so it feels like it's everybody, but it's actually not. <laughs> for, for sure. I, I actually honestly don't know the numbers on it, but I do know that like most of my life, I have always been made to feel bad because I talk really fast or I can, or like jokingly, like you're a robot. You can like work way faster than other people, or you interrupt people a lot or all the things that they mm-hmm. say about us. And people who either have ADHD themselves or they're just understanding or cognizant of it make me feel much more comfortable. So I don't spend time around people that um either don't have it themselves or don't or just aren't like respectful of it to not make me feel bad about the way that i go on tangents or the way that i talk yeah neurotypical people honestly give me so much anxiety (laughs) like no all all respect but like i just and and it is it's it's that sort of like trauma from being told your whole life that you're just lazy or you're rude or you're you know like they (sighs) you're made to feel shame for these parts of yourself that you can't control and you try to control them and you can't and and you just end up like hating yourself and so like being around people that give me weird looks for being too chatty or or whatever like it just brings all that shame back and so I just choose to spend time around other people who also get hyper focused and think that like obsessively reading wikipedia articles for four hours (laughs) at a time is a great way to spend time because I'm like yes that's great me too (laughs) I spent eight hours reading about something that I don't remotely care about, but I am now a miniature expert on it. So we're all good. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those things too, like if you find, um, especially when you're, and I I can't speak for anyone else. I've only ever been a woman, but when I was a young woman, I always got that thing from guys where they're like, oh, you talk too much. You're super chatty or like in the workplace, chatty Kathy. So when you find a partner that doesn't make you feel bad about that, you just want to be around them more, especially when you find friends that are that way. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. And I maybe, I, I don't know if it's a girl thing just because we talk more and like our society kind of beats men out of expressing any feelings that they have. So they just don't happen to talk as much as us, but absolutely. Like I've had a lot of people when I was younger just make me feel bad about how much I talk. Um, mm-hmm. I've even like, I've gone on dates. I talk in movies and I know it's annoying. I super know it's annoying. There's two reasons I talk <laughs> in movies. One, I have ADHD. Two, if you have ever gone to movies with black people, we talk in movies. Sorry, we just do. <laughs> we have reactions. That's what we, I need to ask questions. I know you don't know the answer to the questions because you haven't seen the movie either. I'm <laughs> just going to talk. And this guy was a guy that I had like wanted to date for a really long time, wanted to date me for a really long time. We saw one movie Jurassic Park was awful and 
I just, I wasn't even talking that much. I was super aware of how much I talk. So I maybe made like 10 comments, which is might be a lot for some people. And he kept bringing it up and he made me feel really bad. I'm like, well, I guess we're never going to date. And it's like yeah, a no silly kidding. small thing, but no. I mean, uh, well, it's, and it's interesting too, because uh, like, was he white? Okay, because I mean, you know, I don't want to like uh, read too much into it, but like, I, I feel like talking during movies is the thing that makes it a, a shared experience. Mm-hmm. Like, and like, white people just want everything to be like very neat and tidy and orderly <laughs> and, and controlled and individualist, and so it's like, That's yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. Actually, I, it's a good point because I watch a lot of movies with my grandfather. My grandfather is white, and I talk, and he always stops, pauses the movie, and allows for a comment. And it's such a weird thing. He's like. <laughs> well, we need to pay attention. And it's totally one of those, like, we need to have orderly organization. Everyone yeah. speak when they should. And honestly, I do what you feel, but it's definitely one of those strange things. And mind you, at the time, I wasn't uh, diagnosed. I wasn't medicated. Not like I'm some super neurotypical seeming person now, but it was just a different world before I was medicated. And I there's a lot of people that think that they can deal with ADHD or, or whatever it is that they're dealing with that they're medicated for with just therapy. Like I did CBT. Um, it, it wasn't enough for me. Like it was helpful. It definitely helped me find ways to like organize so I can focus at work and stuff, but it wasn't enough for me, but that, should that help? Fine. But there's, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I always try to, you know, I've been on prescription amphetamines for like 13, 12, 13 years now. And that's a long time. And it like, from what it looks like, I'm going to be on these things for the rest <laughs> of my life as long as I have access. And like, I, I, that doesn't feel great. I don't love that. And it's not really so much anymore because of like stigma or anything. It's because they're not amazing for your body. They're not the worst drug for your body by far, but I don't like that they, you know, they, they raise your heart rate. And so mm-hmm. that like over time, that's not a great thing. Like I try to take a minimal amount because, you know, I'm, I'm trying to minimize the damage that over like decades that these medications can cause to your body now, like, and they're, they're pretty safe. Like they're, they're relative to, I would rather be on amphetamines every day for the rest of my life than like an SSRI, but Mm -hmm. it's still, it's, it's not amazing. Um, so I do always tell people who ask me about like ADHD diagnoses and things that like, if, if you're doing okay, if you don't feel like you're suffering in life and you're doing all right, then maybe, you know, consider um, avoiding medication because if you can just kind of like improve things with like, you know, making sure that you have like routines and sleeping and, and nutrition and, um, you know, therapy and things like that, if you can get along pretty well with that, then maybe stick to that. But it doesn't mean that like, you know, that that works for everybody. It didn't work for me. It was not going to work for me. Like I would have, I can't even imagine where my life would have gone without access to these. Either I would have like, you know, just yeah been continued to be an, an enormous disaster of a human being or i would have probably found um illegal stimulants at some point realized how good they made me feel and how normal they made me feel and probably just done those so yeah. we need to yeah. allow people to have access but also you know you're we talking about like um like factory workers and stuff we also want to create conditions where people don't have to take medication because <laughs> they don't have to because the, because like our, our 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 skills are valued, but our um, deficiencies and and our you know the, the ways in which ADHD is dis- disabling that those things are respected, you know like we I I don't feel like in a different more ideal world I would have to take the medication at all because I would be able to have the community support that I need to get the things done that I can't do 
right now with, with this disability. Like I run a household, I have two kids, like I'm in, in, I'm doing a PhD. I cannot do all of this shit without medication. But if I had robust community support where I didn't have to like remember a million things and like cook and clean and all this stuff, I would be functional. Yeah, honestly, and that I like, I don't, so I also have OCD, uh, like severe OCD. So it's like very tricky to, um, balance those two and get diagnosed and it's also super tricky for every doctor to not just think you're depressed uh because they like can pretending that's what both those things are but i people often conflate like their regular day attributes or patterns to like oh i'm so ocd which is weird to say you're so a disorder or like yeah so ADD or so adhd i do try to like if it's i'm not gonna it's really annoying to like correct strangers but i do try to talk to people that i know about like ADD and ADHD are two very different things um, and you require different approaches to your life but yeah and also sorry not to <laughs> interrupt <laughs> but um, yeah just the, the fact that like even those uh, those sort of like misconceptions and like stereotypes about um, these things they're really harmful because they make it so that people don't recognize the signs of themselves like if you think adhd is just hyperactivity and you have the inattentive kind you might never it might never occur to you that like no it's actually about like executive dysfunction and all these things and like if you think ocd is just about like hand washing or whatever (laughs) then like you know you're not going to realize you're not going to dig into maybe your anxiety disorder and that kind of thing that's exactly it like you're told okay ocd is you know flipping on a light and stuff like that i don't do any of that stuff i don't do any of that stuff that you see from movies all of my stuff is in my head so when you have ocd you have to have like a pattern in your head so i have like a phrase that i need to say to make sure that my family doesn't die right because obviously that's why people die Mm -hmm. and then you have adhd which is making me think i need to do that more often so i just never ever ever sleep because my brain's always on but there are things that regular people do that are very similar to those things so when I'm trying to like connect with someone, if they say something like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm doing all these things. I'm managing all this stuff in my job. Um, I might like make a joke like, oh yeah. Um, like capitalism kind of makes us all have a little bit of attention disorder because it's not normal. Like part of my job, I manage seven different mailboxes and there's a lot of attention that needs to be separated between all of the different information that comes between those emails and what they all need. And, Maybe a regular person could do that and just be fine. But like, I need to use my patterns and the things that I've practiced with a psychologist, which is like making certain notes, making checklists, but I also need to be medicated. And it would be great, just like you said, to not be medicated because my heart rate does go up. Like I, I don't like yelling or fighting, not because like, oh, I'm such a peaceful, wonderful person. <laughs> my heart rate goes up. Okay. It yeah. feels <laughs> awful. I don't like doing it. I, if I'm having a conversation with someone, it actually kind of if it gets to be like heated, I don't do it often just because I've trained myself out of it, but I actually have to be like, sorry, I have to stop having this conversation because it feels like my heart is going to explode yeah. and it cuts someone Which off. Which is, I mean, to be fair, that's a good skill for anybody to have because no, <laughs> nothing productive ever happens when anybody's heart rate is up because that's when arguments happen instead of conversations. So yeah, for it's sure. a good skill like, to have. Bring your blood pressure down. Absolutely. But it makes me, it's one of those things too, like if I'm, my heart rate starts going up, um, you seem really dramatic or you seem like you, the thing that people love doing is pretending that they're accepting the way that you have to think or live or behave based on the way that your brain works, but then using it as a crutch for all your behaviors. Well, I didn't really make you upset. You're just anxious or like, this is not too much of a workload. You're not doing two and a half people's worth of work because 
capitalism has forced us to downsize to that point. It's just that you have anxiety and you have ADHD. So there's like a thin line. Um, I've had a few people over the years that I'm comfortable saying it with in the workplace, but I generally find that they want to justify things that are just bullshit capital revenue generating shit that ends up making our workplaces harder, makes us all work more, but they will justify it saying it's like, actually, it's just me. It's just my ADHD. Everyone else here doesn't want to fucking kill themselves all the time. Um, It's just you. Like most people do. Yeah, exactly. It is gaslighting. And it is unfortunate that um, so much of the language that is technical and legitimate language that was developed in academia and it kind of got moved into the regular dialogue of people that don't study these things has almost been bastardized online to the point that we can't actually say something is gaslighting us when it is. Yes. Yeah, I know. It's it's, it's been stretched out to mean just like lying when it actually (laughs) means like trying to convince somebody that their perception of reality is not true. And it's like a very, all the time. And it is something very important for us to be able to say, okay, am I experiencing this? Like, because sometimes I am not thinking of things properly. There's that like myth that people with ADHD um, are psychic, but when anyone looks into it, what it is is just that essentially all people are like thinking like a tunnel and we are thinking like a very wide tunnel. So we're digesting a ton of information. So like Mm -hmm. maybe we saw something weeks ago and we digested it and we said oh i think that that store is going to open and people are like oh my gosh how did you know that well i saw a tiny thing in a newspaper weeks ago i'm not psychic whatever so i do have to remind myself like hey are you overthinking this that's sometimes but there are times we're just being gaslit and if people one want to use what we've shared with them about the way that our brain works as a crutch or if they think that gaslighting is just like being mean or sometimes not being honest then how do I describe that you're actively gaslighting me yeah and and you know it's I so I I have a a difficult um well just yeah I I I think there's a complex relationship to the idea of ADHD as a disability um I think that it is um, but only sort of like under the conditions of, of capitalism. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like it's, it's, so it's, it's a disability and, um, we know that people with disabilities, uh, have much higher rates of being, um, abused and exploited than, than non-disabled people. Um, even though, you know, in disability studies and stuff, there's uh, a lot of like interesting work on, on the idea that like, is anybody not disabled? Mm. Um, you know, I, but like that also like flattens the idea, flattens the reality that like it, it's, it's hard out here for us. Um, and it's, and it's true. Like people, especially like, you know, people with mental health stuff, um, the, and especially the more severe uh, it can be and people with um, schizophrenia are often like, you know, it's, there's this terrible, schizophrenia has a lot of like really bad um, myths and, and, and uh, stereotypes and prejudices against it. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are like scared of schizophrenics and it's the other way around. Schizophrenic, schizophrenics get treated horribly. <laughs> by people and their life hard <laughs> yeah like they are more likely to be homeless because of like a lack of support it's it's uh, you know it's it, and it's a terrible um sort of cycle that happens and so uh, you know if if you can't necessarily always you know if you have a, a disability like um adhd or you know I, once again i i lump these things under disability not because 
not as a way of like stigmatizing them, but just like in terms of how they relate to uh, abled people, but like autism, bipolar, schizophrenia, um, BPD, uh, you know, all of these kinds of things. Sometimes you can't trust your brain. <laughs> and in the absence of being able to trust your brain 100% of the time, you need to be able to trust your community and the people around mm -hmm. you. And so that's what makes pe people with disabilities like this so vulnerable. And the case is obviously um, is more obvious when it's a physical disability um, and you, you need other people's help that makes you vulnerable to abuse. Um, and so, yeah, and it's, and it's just, it's bad. <laughs> yeah, it's honestly, you're right. It's so unfortunate because, and it sounds like, oh, online tanky, but like legitimately all of this does come back to capitalism because it does. In, in a world where I wasn't meant to crank out a certain amount of production every day, someone could say, okay, you have ADHD. This is how your brain works. Let's find the work and the type of lifestyle that actually capitalizes on that. Because I think people with ADHD have certain skills. I have, actually it's work. a superpower as well as a disability. Yeah, absolutely. It is a superpower. I work faster than everyone. Right now, I'm going to go back to work after taking a pause and I will be delayed the way most people do because I will be able to get five hours worth of work done in an hour. And it's not bad work. It's not work that's less good than anyone else's. It's because my brain works faster. Now, mind you, of course, later on tonight, I'm probably going to look at what the actors who play the Teletubbies did and where their lives are now for seven <laughs> hours. But there's a balance to that. And like anything, right? Like people, yes, absolutely. Life with autism, absolutely hard. However, there are a lot of aspects of people, at least I know that have autism, who say, you know, I'm really interested in this one thing and I really focus on it and I study it and I'm now an expert. If we live yeah. in a world that need people to just churn out all the time, we could take anyone who wanted to be an expert and had a brain that worked in a way that they could focus on it better than anyone else. And then we could just make them our community experts and yes. we wouldn't be making their lives harder. But there is that weird thing, even what you said earlier about white people, but it's just, it's what happens in a predominantly white society. No matter how much we act like a community, it's all indiv individualistic because yeah. no matter what, even if we're all suffering capitalism, even if we're all broke as shit, there's that trick that capitalism plays that like, if I just pretend that you're suffering because of you, then maybe I'll get closer to the promised land of wealth. So we're all pretending everyone's problems are their problems when reality 99.9% .9 of problems could legitimately be solved for something to do with money. And it, it sounds silly, but like if you are in a fight with a long distance relationship, well, if you were rich enough to go see them every other day, you wouldn't be in a fight. If yeah. you were angry at um, Christmas holidays because you're not used to being around your adult siblings and you guys are crunching your parents' house, well, if you had the money to get a hotel and you guys weren't climbing on top of each other, you wouldn't be fighting. Like, uh, my dog so is stressed out right now because she's outside my door and can hear me. Well, if I had a larger home, she wouldn't hear what I'm doing in here. Like, it sounds silly. There are so many regular things that our lives are compromised based literally just on our work and our existence as humans. Because I also don't think everyone should work to have a good life. Like, some people yeah, can't of work. Course. Um, and I, so where I live is downtown and there's the one hospital that's not like um, a regular admitting hospital. So there's different wards where you'd be long-term. So there's a psych ward and then a block up is this um, outpatient home for people with mental health issues. So there's a lot of people in this area that have either just come out of the psych ward or they're in that home and people are always making like really snide, nasty remarks about like, oh, there's schizophrenics around. I've lived on this block since I was 18 years old. 
And I was someone who partied all the time. And I was walking home at 3 a.m. in tiny amounts of clothing, wasted, out of my mind, and nothing bad ever happened to me. Yeah. No this one... Is, like, this, I get this so often, like, on my TikTok and stuff, which is, like, my current hyper-focus. It's so great. Like, I love it. Your videos are so great. <laughs> it's been fun. Honestly, like, it's been a more pleasant place to be than Twitter, like, awesome. because Twitter's kind of a hellhole. But, like, <laughs> it's just a little bit more fun to make videos than um, write tweets that I'm, like, constantly <laughs> anxious or going to, like, get me canceled someday. But, um, it's, uh, so, but, but this is, this is an example. Like, this is why ADHD could be a superpower. Like I'm cranking these things out because I spend (laughs) like every waking minute, like designing and writing TikToks in my head because I can't turn my brain off. So if you can focus those abilities, then you can, you can be productive. It's just that like, it's really unfortunate that a lot of people, um, either are forced to, um, by, by way of like needing income or are kind of like convinced to by buying into capitalism that they need to focus those abilities like for profit, you know, like to, yeah. And it's, it's very sad, but, um, uh, Oh shit. I lost my train of thought. Fuck. (laughs) That's literally what happens to me all the time. And now mind you, usually when I'm losing Uh, my train of thought. Oh, I got it back. Oh, okay. (laughs) Sorry. Um, uh, yeah, no. So I'm, I'm on TikTok, and like oftentimes, what I get from people because people don't know me on there as well as they do on Twitter. So they'll be like, you know, I'm talking about how we need to legalize drugs or whatever, and they're like, oh well, like you know, sheltered middle class, like suburbanite, like you've never actually like you've never actually been around, like you know, you've never been on the streets. I'm like, man, I like. <laughs> I have I've li- I lived in Mexico like I I've lived in like places that you think are dangerous and when you actually walk around in them it's just that like they're they're poor but that doesn't mean that they're necessarily dangerous and I'm not saying that there's like no dangerous places or whatever or that like you know I can I'm safe walking around anywhere at night in the whole world because when I was in Atlanta um I was like reprimanded by some of my comrades there before like walking around a certain area at night because they were like no you can't do that and I was like but there's nowhere in Canada that I wouldn't feel safe walking around mm-hmm. at night but it's a different it's a different and place there's different too, levels right? of poverty areas that are 100 like I didn't know that either because I Atlanta's are a super cool city and it is a city oh, yeah, that I love it easily feel comfortable in like the people there are just really nice yeah um, not in like a hokey down home they're nice to, like they're just nice people they're cool there's lots of awesome vegan soul food which you can't find anywhere else um mm-hmm. but i have a close friend of mine that i visit there and she was like absolutely like she's from detroit as well and I, there's nowhere in detroit i wouldn't feel comfortable going uh, but like there's a big thing in windsor where people are like oh don't drive down these certain streets at night I, well okay whatever you need to tell yourself there's never anywhere that i wouldn't feel comfortable walking in detroit but my friend who grew up in detroit as well was like yeah listen you can't drive in those neighborhoods um and it, it's just it's just a thing. And it, there is a big difference, too, in a place where people have access to guns in a more casual way. Um, unfortunately, I know a few people who were victims of gun violence that had nothing to do with them in Atlanta. Um, it was just they happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. And again, whatever people want to say, that boils down to capitalism, too. People are not doing things illegally because they enjoy it people are fucking broke and they're trying to find a way to provide for their community most people like people want to people love stigmatizing people who sell drugs when if you actually know anyone that does that they're generally supporting way more people than someone who has just a regular job they're probably supporting several family members they're probably supporting 
the generally speaking, like, sure, maybe there's like some big kingpin who's doing horrible trafficking that is like hurting people. I know yeah, just just like under capitalism, it's like that 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 that's not a fault of like drug traffickers. That's a fault of like of profit hoarding. Like, yeah, the people at the top are always going to be assholes. Like exactly, exactly. No matter what situation you're in, which is like when we uh, when a revolution happens, we've got to be real tricky about how we create this whole top thing. But that's exactly yeah. it. Like, if also that's the other thing that it's not just the way any kind of financial hierarchy work. It's it's also the fact that there's a million ridiculous government agencies that make people who are essentially providing a commodity that people need very difficult. So you have to do a bunch of shady shit just to get something that happens to grow in South America to North America. Then there's going to be violent shit that comes out of it. But like I, where I happen to live, there are just a lot of people that there are not jobs for them, especially people of color, especially men of color. And I just grew up with a lot of people that that was the only option for them. Nobody wants to do a job that's terrifying, that you have to be terrified 24-7, but there just aren't jobs that provide as much money for several demographics that providing a service that people need. Like Exactly. Especially when like... Yeah, like people, exactly. Like people people need drugs. Like they're going to get them. And most people who use drugs are friends with their dealers. They're grateful to their yeah, dealers. Like, they're, exactly. like the sellers are like a, are an important part of the community. Like what would we do without them? And, exactly. um, and, and like you say, like there's also the fact that like structurally, some people are prevented from getting jobs by the fact that they have like a criminal record. Like they're forced into that job. Yeah, they're forced into that um that line of work because they, they have, yeah, they have been stripped of their ability to like get a job in mainstream society. That's exactly what, like everyone that I know who, so we all like, I legitimately don't know anyone that didn't smoke weed in high school just because what else are you going to do? We are, (laughs) it's boring. You can't do anything. You can't buy alcohol, whatever. And I, even though I'm mixed, I look fairly white. So that works to my benefit. I get pulled over less often than someone that didn't look as white as me would. I can be holding and not be as terrified. I've gone to um, music festivals over the border and I've crossed with stuff that a lot of other people wouldn't feel comfortable crossing with a number of things. I've had weed on me a lot of times and I never got in trouble for it, but there's a lot of people, you're 19 years old and you just happen to be like a young black guy who's carrying a tiny amount of weed and then you end up getting a criminal record. So now for the rest of your life, most jobs that would pay you enough to support yourself and the people that you need to support are not jobs that you can get. So Mm -hmm. there are people and like, I just, it's just so ridiculous because I personally have never met someone. Also, sign up working in a bank for years. Like you can obviously tell the different types of streams of income people have. So I'm never going to see one of the jobs at the bank. You're supposed to like flag suspicious stuff. We all know where your revenue is coming from based on the kind of deposits you're making. I don't care. So I'm not going to flag anything. But like hmm. I, I don't really think you should be flagging anything because it's just really silly, especially with that stupid new Biden thing where it's like $600. Pardon me. The <laughs> I even think the, the Canadian one, which is... um. $9,999 is really low. Obviously, I would love to have $10,000 right now, but that's not actually a lot of money as far as Wait, trying... so if you deposit more than that, you get flagged? Yeah, immediately. Oh, wow. So I couldn't, like, I can make a choice to not flag you if you're depositing what's obviously um, funds that you've gained from selling illegal substances, but I physically cannot put money into your bank account over 
that amount without a flag report happening. Oh, wow. So like what does this, does this have impact on um, sex workers as well? Absolutely. Yeah. And a lot of times too, sex workers and people who supply a substance that people need happen to be couples. They happen to be coming in to make their deposits together sometimes right. yeah, because um, someone happens to be, again, the same thing. Like there are a lot of people that who are doing sex work who have to support more people than say me i i don't support five or six people whatever and there isn't work that that person could do that mm-hmm. could earn as much income as them as yeah that, like, especially with like flexible hours you know if you have kids like yeah right. and it's just that's the other thing too to your whole point it always comes back to community because if we like canada's absolutely insane for childcare, um except for <laughs> quebec which is has a lot of its own problems but oddly enough has like pretty reasonable childcare, as far as i understand yeah no um, i pay eighteen hundred dollars a month that's for child care alone on top of rent like that oh my god I'm hey so hey listeners i have a patreon <laughs> yes honestly if you have five i swear like I, like literally like as soon as my both my kids are in school i'm gonna have like that much extra money a month and i'm going to like i i'm gonna like not even need a patreon anymore like i'm just like that's I'm going to start, crazy. I don't know, making massive donations to like <laughs> community mutual aid. Cause like right now it's just, yeah, that's, it's I'm that's and honestly, that is literally like you suffering capitalism. But also the funny thing is all of us our immediate thing when we get a little bit of extra money or like I paid off um, my car last year and I was like, well, I have this extra money. So like, what am I going to do? I have a couple family members that need a little bit of help. So I'll pay one of their bills and I'm going to give like five or $10 to me. Like, Evil people, when they want to get their money, they just want to like buy bigger yachts. All of us who are suffering under capitalism and essentially just living broke all the time, we just want to get some money freed up to help other people. Like, I don't want yeah. to live large. I just want to like seriously send $10 to someone that is on my Twitter and needs some help. That is, 18, yeah. oh my God. So, uh, Windsor is like really reasonable to live in. And I also um, have like 10 year old grandfathered rent. So, you're paying over double my rent for childcare. That's yeah. infuriating. Yeah, and I live in Toronto, so my rent is also like much more than mine. That's so yeah, my, we pay more rent than childcare. It's uh, yeah, it's like there's a lot of expenses right now. It's uh, it's bad. Please support That's me so... on Patreon, folks. I'm trying to, yeah, trying to do my best. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, so before it wasn't a big deal because I, I had like a I had a shirt grant, um, but the grant has run out, and I have two kids now. Um, and obviously that was my choice, but like you know. Um, I'm also choosing to, um, do the work that I do. And like, that's, that's the main thing. That's the main reason I, I ask for support on Patreon because I could sell out and become like a psychedelics grifter <laughs> in an instant. I could be making lots of money, um, with my knowledge and my experience and my social media platform, but I don't want to do that. I want to continue to provide, um, education and resources for free. I want to continue to do, you know, organizing and, um, do my research without, uh, selling out. So that's why I'm trying to, um, trying to make this work, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a lot. I also, yeah, I've, <laughs> I, I have these like expenses that I didn't realize that I had, like I, every, every couple months I go to the bank and I get like a shitload of toonies so that, because I don't ever like to, um, uh, I don't ever like to say no to somebody who asks for money mm-hmm. on the street or on the train or something. Like I just always keep like a big stash of toonies in my backpack to give to people who have them. Um, because that's, you know, that's mutual aid. Like I, yeah, I donate to, to campaigns like, and it's, it's true. Like basically leftists who actually believe in our principles, like we're just constantly like redistributing money. <laughs> I, um, I, one of my bills went down this month. Awesome. I'm going to see if there's someone I can give it to. And that's, I think that's the funny thing about like when people talk about 
like old commies. They like none of them have a ton of money, but they're just like living fine because none of us. We yeah. Don't what want, do we need? What do we need? I don't need I don't anything. Want food like warm to be. Yeah. And like I if just I some yeah. surfing to watch TV so I can numb my brain. That's cool too. <laughs> but if not, I will have the digital mutual aid of using my siblings' Netflix account. But that's also super sweet about the Toonie thing because that is one thing that's really bothered me in this um, COVID environment. I don't have cash often and it mm. makes me feel super shitty. Um, I live in a city where you drive often, but like you drive past people. And yeah, stoplights and stuff. There's been times recently where I don't have cash and it makes me feel so super shitty. But it's also, I don't think people get how, not only how easy it would be for you to sell out, but how actually you have to, no matter what, no matter how, where your values are, capitalism programs us to get as much as we can because the scarcity of being able to just live is terrifying. So you yeah. need to get when you can when you can. So like it's tempting. I can't imagine how tempting it would be for you to just sell out and you have to be extremely committed to what you believe in to not do that because how many people, like there are people that I even used to be quote unquote friends with in this little lefty Twitter environment that have sold out in like ways that make me sad. And it's, yeah, it's it is. Hard. It's 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 sad and it's unfortunate. And it, I mean, it's it's complicated because there because of that fear, there is like this gray area where people justify certain taking on certain work to themselves. And but it's like, where do you draw the line? Like, I have kids, and that makes it even more difficult because it's easy to justify. Like, it's you know, if if you're just on your own or a couple or whatever, then you're you're making money for yourselves. But like, I I can see why it becomes even easier once you have a family to justify like, well, I need to provide for my kids, you know, like I need to like, you know, capitalism's bad, but like also they need to survive under it. So maybe I need to get enough money to put them in private school. I need to be able to buy a house so that they can, you know, they don't have to share a room. Like my, my kids are going to share a room until for the, for the foreseeable future, unless I can actually make enough money to get us a, an apartment where I can have my own office and the kids can each have their own room. But like, so I can see the temptation, like, you know, it's, it's, because this stuff, it's, it's terrible to watch. Like my, my, my baby, she's like got all these plastic toys that were hand-me-downs and she's like chewing on them. And I have all this knowledge about microplastics in the body, like hanging around in my brain, making, giving me anxiety about like, I would like to be able to afford fancy wooden toys for my baby. So she doesn't eat microplastic and I could take on certain work to do that. And so you're constantly having to make these decisions to be like, do I sell out and take care of these two kids who I love more than anybody else in the world? Or do I continue along with my principles and, and try to make the world a better place so that I'm taking care of everybody's kids and not just my own? And it's, yes. it's and really hard. The thing that's so shitty about that too is one, I don't know a ton about manufacturing, but I really don't think the price point on manufacturing something wooden versus manufacturing something plastic is that different. But they know <laughs> that the plastic shit can, mind you, it's very difficult when you have ADHD. Your kids will be fine. Don't worry. They're healthy. You're doing a great job. But at the end of the day, they know that the shit they're putting in plastic is poisoning us to some degree. So they know yeah, that there's no regulations. They're going to charge you more money, even though I really do not fucking think there's that much of a difference between those two manufacturing. And the thing that, like, I was trying to explain this to people, and it's very difficult. I don't have kids and I've actively chosen to not have kids um most of my life I couldn't afford it like even though I can afford it now I have different reasons but um when I was younger it was because I literally could not afford to have them and this whole debate that's happening in the U.S. which Canadians like people need to be more cognizant about what happens in the United States not because like oh their politics are more important but because Canadians follow the political 
and legislative trends in the United States. And we also don't have a protected right to abortion here. So people think like we have abortions. That yeah. Anyway, it's a long thing. People we think, think we're way more protected from like fascism and like going the same way as than we actually are. Exactly. Like, like we aren't. And there's a big push right now um, to limit how much people can decide if they want to have children or not or when they want to have children. That's the real thing. It's not that people, generally speaking, people don't want to not have children. People want to plan when they are able to care for them. And it's yeah. because, no, like, yes, sure, there's a lot of instinctual things that humans do, but the one thing that is more primal than anything else is the care and love that you have for your children and the things that you'll do for them. And capitalism literally knows that you lose negotiating power and independence the second you have children because you are no longer mm-hmm. for yourself i walked away from a, a really good paying job at the bank because it made me feel icky i would not have done that if i had kids and yeah. i was able to like not work for a while like take the pension buyout and just live off that and do whatever i wanted i couldn't do that if i had kids and capitalism knows that capitalism knows workers yeah. around the world have said we're, we're not held hostage yeah exactly so they because want- not only do we have no safety net but our kids don't so it's like yeah, like you're 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 in this, you know, obviously that that that's part of the reason that the nuclear family is a thing under capitalism because if um, you know, if my if I knew my kids would be okay because of like robust community supports, then I would have more yeah, like you said, like more choice about what I do. But if you're like, oh shit, like I am the me and you know, my partner uh, are the only people who are responsible for these two human beings, like fuck, like that that's a big responsibility and there's nothing else Nobody else can take care of them because we don't, you know, live in communities the way that humans did for like the entirety of our evolution. And so, and it, and it really goes against our nature. Oh, and just briefly, I want to bring this up because I was thinking about it before when we were talking about like ADHD as a superpower and as a disability. Um, you know, as an anthropologist, I'm really interested in um, uh, the way that we evolved as humans in in like social groups. Like we didn't evolve um, like survival of the fittest is this like miss like people have a misconception about how that works um, with different species because there's there's species where uh, you know the um, individuals in that species live uh, and survive alone and so they're competing with each other but um, in so in primate groups that are social like humans we evolved together and so the reason um, and I'm if anybody who's listening to this has more information about this please um, you know uh, let me know on on Twitter. Uh, in you know, in the comments under wherever I, I, I post this episode, because I'm I'm really interested in learning more about um, you know neurodivergency and evolution. Because as far as I know, um, the reason that we have like these different different kinds of brains um, that seem really maladaptive now, they're actually adaptive when you look at uh, human evolution from a, a wider group scale because if you if you have people in the group who like we were talking about have like the ability to hyper focus on like mushroom foraging for Mm, like 10 hours that's going to benefit the group and even and so and it's fine for them to serve like even though um the type of brain that uh has that ability also has some disabilities too it's fine because they're they provide to the group that way and then the things that they're not able to do are taken care of and so it's 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 quite adaptive on a on a long term scale, but it's only under capitalism that it's that it's maladaptive. So it's the same thing with like kids and the family. Like we should be able to take care of kids in in big groups, but the nuclear family is just like creating so much trauma and stress. It's so you know what that's honestly so interesting because I jokingly will say that that is actually a super useful skill. Now, of course, like 
because of the ridiculous capitalism and white supremacy overlap of slavery, the idea of people being able to work in a field all day is horrendous. Mm -hmm. But in normal communities that weren't manipulative and weren't subjugating people, there would be people who had the ability to go out in the field or go out wherever it is that they need to find something. Or even say you are not a gatherer, you're a hunter. You need to be able to go out for a week and not think about um, wanting to be at home or wanting to be warm or whatever, just focusing on hunting enough to bring food home. Well, yeah, there would be people who need certain types of attention spans for that. And maybe you are someone in your community 3,000 years ago that you go out and you're trying to be like a berry picker and you're just not good at it. And, you, and everyone in your community is like, yeah, you suck at this. You are not paying good attention to this. Go back and yeah, take care like, of the kids because you yeah. can't do this kind of thing. You can go take care of the kids. And it's so sh- like the whole ugh, people love taking the worst aspect of something rather than not people like some people love taking the worst aspect of something rather than finding the good in it. So, of course, the idea of um, women's house or homework being something that's subjugating them. Absolutely, for sure. You know, we couldn't get credit cards up until a certain point. That's really shitty. However, the idea that there was a time where one income could support a family is something that's good. And it can be whoever in that family. But the whole idea about you spending $1,800 fucking dollars a month, that's yeah. so insane. And it breaks my yeah. heart. I want to fight someone. <laughs> I know. Um, I'm, I'm like, I, I really, I, drug policy is my fight, but like, I have so much respect for the people who are fighting for $10 a day childcare. I'm like, please, please win that fight for me. For yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> please win that fight for like, Also, it shouldn't fucking be $10 a day. It's a child. We as a community need children. Even if you don't care yeah. about other people's kids, even if you're a selfish psycho capitalist, um, you're going to be old one day. You need yeah. someone's kids. Watch children and men. <laughs> yeah. Like we, we need to take care of children. And like, I think about how it was when we were kids and there were so many different family members, like people that I'm super close with now, my older cousins, um, my great aunts and uncles were just people who took care of me when I was a kid. And my mom went, brought people around. We have all these people I call aunts and uncles who actually were just people that were family friends and they yeah, took care of Yeah. That's what we do. We call all of our friends, auntie and uncle, because we want, um, we want our kids to, to like have a sense of like who is safe and oh, also a sense great. of like community and like an understanding that like family is something that, um, you know, is, is not just blood, but some family is something that you choose and build. That's so, I love that. That's such a good yeah. idea because a lot of, yeah, a lot of, it sounds silly to like try to describe to someone what somebody is. Um, like I have a mixed family. I don't know if mix is the right word, but like, um, one of my siblings has a different dad. That person I consider to be my dad because I grew up with him. His family, I call my grandparents. Um, so there's a lot mm-hmm. of people that I would call cousin, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And people are like, well, you're not actually related to someone. Like that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. You realize yeah, that, right? Like, it's, all, it's all a construct anyway. Like, <laughs> like testing our blood or something. Like I kind of look like my siblings. That's about it. Uh, like that, that's the only thing that like our DNA means. But other than like kind of looking like people, whoever it is that you found in your life that you feel safe with. Um, and there's also like, there's it's so i hate being like ooh tin foil hat everything comes back to the capitalism but it does oh my god do you know how like thankful i am that i like have found somebody else who does the same (laughs) thing because i'm like literally like sometimes like i'll hang out with my friends and i'll be like oh guys i'm so sorry but there's a capitalism rant incoming because that's what it all comes (laughs) back to like that's so great honestly that's nice that you do that because i really try to like control myself on it and it, it's there's just something no like that. i mean just hang out with people who like tell you to not apologize for that that's what i've been doing like it's, yeah, it's exactly. great and i just keep quiet at, in like the workplace where that's not welcome but like this idea that you should be 
um, scared of people. And like, mind you, I've lived a very fortunate life in that not a lot of scary stuff has happened to me. Um, like the fights that I've been in or fights that I actively wanted to be in. Um, I've never been like, actually, no, sorry, that's a lie. I was mugged in New York, but it wasn't really a mugging because the person just slipped in, stole my wallet, and we're on their merry way. I didn't even know what happened. It wasn't violent. Oh, so it was pickpocketed, I guess. Pickpocketed, exactly, right? So, like, there's never anything, I've never been violently hurt in that kind of a way uh, by a stranger. Um, I've never, like, had something scary where an adult took me as a kid. There was something that happened recently. So, I drive like a kind of manly car. And it's a manly color and it's like big and um jokingly my family's like always trying to find ways to not get arrested because or not sorry not get arrested not get pulled over because people get mm. pulled over often where I, we live like or anywhere so i have a kind of manly car so my mom's like you got to put something really silly on your car so there's like these pink lips and they're ugly so i took them off so i have a big magnet that says i love my poodle which is like pretty girly <laughs> and it sounds silly but it, like it's 100 something and i also have super dark windows so like you couldn't tell if you were a cop whatever and it is something that i probably have had the benefit of people not thinking that i'm a man that should because men that's one of the strange things about sexism that men do get pulled over way more than women mm-hmm. um so i have the poodle thing on there whatever i also have it on there because if i'm running errands and i have my dog with me i'll turn the air conditioner or the heat on for her and it lasts for 20 minutes and i go into a store for 10 minutes so she's fine but i don't want people to think she's like frozen because the car's yeah. running she's warm whatever uh, but there I, I was with my mom and this cop like in um casual wear because he was like at an event that we were at is like oh you should take that off your car and i was like pardon me and he goes because it lets people know you're a woman i'm like yeah i know and he goes no you're gonna get someone's gonna try to like harass you or like mug you when you're like parked and every christmas people love doing that thing we're like oh if you see um and it's different too when you live in like a windsor's not a small town there's almost three hundred thousand people but it's small town and that like you have to drive here um but like there's a lot of those Facebook things that are like, oh, if you see a receipt in your windshield, don't take it out because that's someone trying to mug you at the mall or whatever. All that stuff always comes around this time of year. Um, and the cop is like going on and on. And he like scared my mom because, you know, my mom, just like we were saying, people really care about their kids. My mom doesn't want me to be hurt. Mm-hmm. And after he leaves, I'm like, my mom's like, you have to do- take it off, take it off. I'm like, absolutely the fuck not. I have had some kind of girly sticker on my car for years. I speed often. I <laughs> do things that I should I sh- should be pulled over more often than I am, just just, just to say. Based I mean, on the there's mail- a lot of cops around there. The only time I've ever gotten a speeding ticket, it was driving home from movement in Detroit and, like, between exactly. Windsor and London. Oh, it was near Chatham because everyone gets pulled over there. Um, <sighs> but yeah, yeah, I can't, yeah, the only time anyone does is because it's on the highway, and that's another capitalism thing because the OPP is literally just trying to generate revenue. It's not about keeping anyone safe because right. the 401 well, in that's, Ontario That applies Spain. to all cops. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Like, some of them, yeah, sure, they're trying to, like, beat the shit out of a black guy but they're also trying to get a ticket while they beat the shit out of them but like my mom's paranoid and i'm like mom that's never happened to me i've been driving for like eight years and even on another car that i had that just had dark windows so i didn't want to get pulled over i had another really super girly thing and like nothing has ever happened to me no one's ever the only time someone has ever knocked on my window it was when someone was like hey do you have a dollar or hey do you know the direction nothing ever scary happened rolled down the window gave a dollar gave directions everything was fine no one tried to harass me no one thought things like i i'm sure i'm very privileged in that regard but like 
long story, long ADHD tangents short, <laughs> people love scaring people with these ideas. And like, I, yeah. I try to say like, I am a young woman. I've been like been a single as in like, I don't have a man walking next to me for 10 years in like a downtown core that's near where people say people have mental health issues. It's also near the, like it's, it's a 10 minute walk to the border. Um, it's near the like club party district. There's a million things that people try to scare you about. And I also have a dog. So I've been walking my dog for 10 years at 3 a.m. Nothing scary's ever ever happened to me. One part of that, yes, is that I'm careful. But the main thing that I think it is is that people are generally good. People aren't really yes. trying to hurt us. Yes. But people and there's need a- you to be scared of your neighbors so that you can't like build up a friendship with someone in your building to watch your kids to build solidarity. To and, yeah, absolutely, one thousand percent. Like there's, it's the, the the more afraid we are of each other, the more. Uh, the more we blame each other. And like, it's especially how like race gets weaponized, um, you know, by, by the, the, the owner class and always has been because if white people are made to like hate and fear um, black people and immigrants and like, you know, uh, even, even just like drug users, people with disabilities, um, but like, especially, especially with race, then we can't like actually like work together and realize, oh shit, the problem is at the top, not with each other. Exactly. And, 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 it, and, it, and it, it's, it's, you can see someone and be like, oh, that's the one I should be scared of. Yeah. Um, and it was, and it was intentional and, and built around, around slavery because they had to justify it. Like they were like, okay, well, we're going to make all these people slaves. Now we have to justify it. Um, and, and pretend that it's, you know, because of, you know, X, Y, Z race science and not just because of uh, profit, but yeah, and it's and it's it's unfortunate because after so many years and centuries of this stuff, it has led to like a fundamentally dis- different understanding of human nature between conservatives and um, and you know and and leftists, socialists, communists, um, even even some liberals. But like that, there's this 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 fear base, um, this hierarchizing, this idea that like human beings are fundamentally greedy and fundament and some people are just bad and um some people are always going to win and some people are going to lose and it's 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 a different understanding of human nature from from leftists obviously in my opinion and i feel like my opinion counts for something because i have two and a half degrees in anthropology where i literally have been studying human nature for the last decade but the conservative is false right this is actual knowledge that you have it's it's false like it's it it doesn't sorry I really wish I had studied anthropology uh, because it's very, very interesting, but my little brain couldn't have handled it at that. Well, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do more like uh, hopefully if I can get the social media stuff to work, I want to start to make YouTube videos and stuff because anthropology has a lot of really interesting uh, insights to offer the yeah. world. Um, now it does before when it started, it was just like part of colonial race science, but <laughs> it's, you know, the idea of studying human beings as a species is yeah. really, really valuable, but most anthropologists, um, uh, or uh, their their work is incredibly academic and insulated and 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 just like they don't do this kind of public education work, so I'm trying to. But um, but yeah, it's so, like it's the, it. this conservative it. worldview. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I'm 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 trying. I mean, I'm, once again, ADHD. I'm just like this is so interesting. Isn't everybody mm-hmm. else as interested in this as, as I am? Well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep shouting about it. <laughs> and so this conservative worldview that like. Um, that people are, there's always going to be bad people in the world and people are fundamentally, you know, uh, selfish and, uh, that, that hierarchy is normal. This is, this is incorrect. Like we are a social species. We evolved to work together. We have not, we would not have survived and thrived for 200,000 years as a species, um, quite fine 
working together and then all of a sudden capitalism uh you know like and, and i don't even just want to bit blame capitalism because it's the worst iteration of like of um basically implementing like hierarchy and and and, and uh resource hoarding um but it's kind of the end game of of that that shift uh it's been around for such a short amount of time and we have fucked everything up and people really for miss years yeah like, like and people for millions of years but now everything's horrible and the only thing that's different is that we really care about money yeah and it's like we've we are we've been around as a species for way longer than people think like people like really think about human history as the, like the last ten thousand years or so no we have been alive as a species for over two hundred thousand years like as the same species that we are now let alone like the various species that we evolved from and so and those that ones is a success too right exactly like p things that weren't actually like human in the form that we understand they figured it out until we evolved past them like they're yeah people have always worked together to some capacity and now mind you like we have to be trained out of that idea that we can work together because oh, yeah. we could overthrow everything if we did but yeah. most people actually are bad now mind you we live in liberal Canada. A lot of people are annoying based on the last election. But <laughs> realistically, 60% of Canadians vote. So I like to think that other 40% is just discouraged and they don't think anyone earned their vote and they're cool. And there's a lot yeah, of people. Or they didn't have time, time off work. And yeah. Exactly. Like we have a ridiculous voting system. So like Justin Trudeau being our leader doesn't literally mean anything other than a stupid first pass post hellhole. But most people actually aren't good and don't want to hurt you. And most people don't want to hurt your kids, but you need to be scared into thinking your kids are going to get hurt so that you pay for really expensive, f fancy um, yeah. childcare. When, and realistically, that's the only option. Even if you're like, yeah, I trust everybody. It's not possible now because those like aunties or like that uncle that doesn't work anymore, people don't do that. No one's home during the day anymore because everyone has to work. Or if you're home, you're- Yeah, because we're all just trying to survive. Yeah, so like the yeah. idea that there are people around- like my grandmother used to be the one who would always watch people because my grandfather had a job that could support the whole family. Well, that doesn't really exist anymore. So people immediately have to find, and that's a natural instinct. Like we don't, and you know, you hear, you see all these crazy things from time to time about like some uh, in-home daycare where the person, like there was a kid that got abused or whatever. When it's yeah, like but why are, do those stories make the front page? Why are those stories the ones like, that are pushed, right? Like, especially in conservative media, yeah, like, especially in conservative media, it's all fear-based. It's all, like, crime and, like, just, like, death and destruction. I mean, increasingly liberal media as well, um, because that's what sells, but, like, it's it's a different kind of fear, like, in, in liberal and, you know, um, to a certain extent, leftist media, we, we do talk about the, the bad things that are happening, but we talk about them on a, on a wider scale and things that like could be solved with like collective solutions versus conservative media is all like, look at these things that could happen to you and your family from this other one bad person people. was really bad at this one daycare. It's like, you know, millions of people are sending their kids to daycare and picking them up and their kids come home cool. Maybe they have a runny nose. That's probably the peak of the badness. <laughs> And the one place yeah. where someone was shitty was probably because one, they weren't paid very much. Two, maybe they were in a job where they weren't paid very much because they had some mental health issues that they didn't get to deal with. They're not actually trying to abuse kids, but they aren't medicated properly or they don't have time to actually sleep because maybe they work two jobs. So they're really frustrated. And absolutely, I would kill someone that hurt a kid, but it doesn't mean that those one time that you see those crazy things, that's because there's evil people trying to infiltrate daycares where it's <laughs> people are suffering under capitalism. And yeah, some people go down the bad path like you mm -hmm. are i mean the conditioning and, and and socialization 
does have an effect, but that doesn't mean that it's inherent. Like people have to like have that human nature, that, that instinct to help others has to be like trained out of you to become like that. It's not like, right. Yeah. Like kids are in, kids are naturally helpers. Mm -hmm. But they're, you're told to, what's the, the thing that they do, um, like if you're working on something that you're struggling with, like say a test, for example, you you, sh- you should be able to, you need help from people. Uh, earlier today, my cord for this recording thing wasn't working and I called my brother. Well, I could, I sat in my house and got really frustrated and just sat here cranky. No, I called my brother. He knows stuff about tech. I figured it out really quick. Everything's fine. But you make kids terrified of talking to each other while they're doing a test because you're cheating. You're a cheater if you're talking during a test mm-hmm. and you shouldn't help anybody. You shouldn't help anyone with their homework. And from the time that they start, you are training kids to not help other people because if you mm-hmm. don't and to compete, mm-hmm. yeah, that idea that we're comp- like for for what we're competing to have money. What are you talking about? Like it's yeah, it's, it's I can crazy. see it in my my undergraduate students. Like they 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 fear the the world, and it's and like that's a, like a, a legitimate fear because like Gen Z are like going into this like horrible world and horrible economy and so like some of them get so much anxiety about their grades because they know that like they need good grades to get a good job in order to like survive and not be homeless and it's just like i i get it but it's it's tragic because it means that like you know they don't like working on group projects because oftentimes there's people who work less hard it brings their grades down and so like they're just like no i just want to do this myself because you know and it's and it's it shouldn't be the way that we do things like we should do everything in group projects because we work better as humans uh in groups as long as you know we're not like fearing uh, the consequences of like the group doing something wrong or like one person in the group doing something wrong yeah and like now and always like bursaries uh, awards are all based on your grades right so you're terrified of losing the money that you need to survive so like i when i first went to university i was again i probably had ADHD my whole life so when i was in high school i could do really well without having to study or focus so i went into university with a ton of awards and bursaries and then i got there and i was like wow this is hard and requires more and i'm no longer the smartest person in the room so i lost all of my awards and i lost all my bursaries in my first year of school and i was terrified and i had to be scared all the time and i would i got no sleep for 3 years because i had to make sure that i was doing the best work i could not because i gave a tiny rat's ass no one on any i graduated with honors no one's ever asked me about that no one ever said oh you had an 85 average no job or interview has ever cared about that but i need those grades so that I could get awards and bursaries because I didn't have enough money to live when I was in school. Mm -hmm. There's a million reasons why people are terrified. Um, They're either told, one, like, by the way, people, if you are not trying to get awards or bursaries, relax about your grades because um, no one's going to ask you unless you're trying to get into some program later on but there's yeah stone. i think a lot of them are trying to get into like med school or law school or grad school or whatever and most people are doing that because they want some it, i used to work in um the bookstore at the university and which is why i really want to learn more about anthropology because those books are always super cool and they're just about like what's happening with people's lives now like the study of anthropology now is super interesting versus like 100 it is interesting i certainly so think it is <laughs> right i literally just want to like what books are you reading please tell me how to read them and what they're talking about but like the the nursing program and stuff like that it was always so sad because 90 percent of those students don't want to be nurses they don't want to help anyone but they're told you're going to get a job that's in a union your job probably won't disappear so you don't have to be terrified so people are taking these they're being terrified and they're spending years of college which really should be fun it's the last time where you really don't have a ton of responsibilities you're young you can probably 
eat more without your stomach hurting for two days and you can drink and party and do all these things. Like it should yeah, be a your liver still time. works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you, you can do a lot of stuff to your body and you'll be fine. I ate for two, two days ago and my stomach still hurts. Like you guys should be able to enjoy your time, but instead they're terrified and it's because they're just scared of the next 40 years of their lives where they yeah, and are told like, that they're not going to be able to reasonably live. so. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> anyways, I, I, I Oh, uh, so i I feel like, um, at some point we have to cut this off because clearly we could just keep talking for the next four hours and then we'll be like, Oh shit. You <laughs> <laughs> talk forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, on that note, Gen Z, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm so like, I hate like generational, like generational warfare because I'm like, why would I hate any generation younger than me? Like they have it so bad and they're trying so hard and like their politics are generally way better than the older generations. Their lives um, are harder than mine, but they're also way cooler than me. So like Gen Z, I would like to be your friend. I can't pull off a center part, but I don't think that's a real thing that anyone ever talked about. I don't think anyone cared. We like the same music. I like the same TikToks as you. I'm just, yeah, we're all gonna band cool. together in the like <laughs> post-apocalyptic climate change like wasteland so exactly no that'll yeah, be the real solidarity not a real thing the only real difference with gen z and millennials is like we had a tiny itty bitty glimpse of being able to survive without completely being crushed by capitalism 24 7 mm-hmm. they don't that's the only difference between us and like we have a couple gray hairs and you guys don't but eventually we all will so that's cool there's no other thing they just they realize that millennials um actually know what's up and gen z really knows what's up and they do not want people who know what's up and people who really know what's up to be friends because we can tear the shit down that's the only reason why that shit is happening exactly um yeah well this has been super fun uh thank you so much for uh for making the time to to join me on here today we could we should definitely do this again if you're if you're up for it yeah for Um, sure thank you so much for talking to me and uh blowing my mind about a million things and everyone please go give to hillary's patreon one because her shit's dope which is just reason <laughs> enough but two also because capitalism's fucking insane and 1800 dollars a month is going to be trapped in my brain for weeks now <laughs> it's fucked it's so fucked yeah <gasps> and i mean you know there's you could say like oh just like move to a cheaper town or city or whatever but like once again that's an individualist like approach to things like my community is here like my my people are here my family is here like i would be really no. really miserable um if uh if if i if i had to do that so um yeah it's uh, like it's, it's not like everywhere. an option but yeah anyways no, um that's, that's bs stay where you are stay around people that you like stay in a place that you like and also life isn't my rent is cheap in windsor because i've been living in the same place for 10 years if you moved here your rent would probably be 1800 dollars a month it's not a big savings everywhere is expensive so people need to get rid of that little story live in a place where there's people that you like and you get to do things that you like yeah, somebody's somebody's got to do this work. So I'm I'm gonna gonna keep trying to do it because yeah, it's um I, I, maybe it's related to ADHD too. But like, you know, um you know that feeling of like there's just there's injustice in the world and I like can't handle it and I like spend I I, I lie awake at night thinking about injustice and I'm like, well if I can just keep yelling about this and hopefully I don't have to sell out and I can just yeah be a part it's of the solution. It's inspiring that you're not selling out. And it's like, I think yeah. you're maybe one of the last seven people who hasn't. <laughs> so please keep holding <laughs> out. <laughs> well, you know, hold me accountable, man. Like if you ever see me doing stuff that you think is like not okay, then like, 
you know, I mean, people on Twitter are pretty, pretty good at doing that, but. Yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah get but I'm like, I think this was disappointing, but I don't really think people are going to do that to you because you are one of the few people that the only time I don't ever immediately go like, yes, she's so right. Is when I don't understand. And I'm like, let me go Google yeah. what you're talking about. And then five minutes later, I'm like, yes, she's so right. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's happened to me a couple of times that people are like, mm, like, this is like not good or whatever. But like, usually I, I internalize that stuff. I listen to it, you know, like somebody, um, called me out for like quote tweeting somebody with a small account. And it was kind of like, Oh, right. I do have a big account now. Like I don't want people to like, it's kind of out of my control at this point that like, I don't, yeah, I don't want people to get harassed based on like, you know, me quote tweeting them. So like, yes, I should, I should screenshot that. Like, I don't want to bring, I, I, I don't want to use my platform to like make anybody miserable except for people in power and like shitty journalists. <laughs> so like, um, yeah, so do, do, do hold me accountable folks. But, um, and also follow Lily on Twitter. If, um, if, uh, you can drop your at, what's it called? Oh, your it's so embarrassing. It's from a million years ago. It's little, yeah. if you like hearing about, dogs, I'm going to put it in the description. Swearing. That's yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're so much fun. You're so much fun in there. So um, definitely follow Lily and uh, yeah, we'll do this. We'll do this again. It was so great. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. And it was also great to just finally get to chat. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Take awesome. care. Yeah, you too. Big thanks to Lily SD for coming on the show. She's on Twitter as Lil the Trill. Bread and Poppies is produced by my fantastic drug policy friend and comrade, Marcel Rambo. The music was created by the artist Pusher. You can find him on Spotify and also TikTok, where he makes really fun anti-capitalist songs. The microphone I'm using was given to be my Mark Edwards of Ultraviolet Podcast. Check out his show, It's Like Joe Rogan, but without platforming crypto-fascists. Thank you so much to you all for listening and for helping with comments and engagement on social media. I know that most people don't have the means to support many leftist creators, so sharing content is genuinely helpful. I'm on Twitter, TikTok, Twitch, and YouTube as Hillary Agro, Hillary with one L. If you do have the means to support my work, please become a patron or buy my baby some diapers from my Amazon baby registry. Her bum is disproportionately huge and she's already in size six diapers. She's only 15 months old. I'm delighted that she's taking after her parents and having that much junk in the trunk, but having to pay for toddler diapers on your baby is, uh, yeah, it's a lot. Thank you to those who support me already. You have just impeccable taste in anthropologists. Be well, keep up the fight, rest, and take care of yourself and your comrades. Remember that you can't help others if you're burned out, so treat yourself the way you treat your loved ones. I love you all. See you next time.